are here. First week of March. We are nine episodes into season two. I cannot believe it's going this fast. It's it's like watching my daughter grow up. It's going by so fast, I can't believe it. But, you know, long time waiting for this episode. And here we are. We got Kirsten in the building, Mindset Coach. Yay, How are you thank feeling? You so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited we got a session under our belt yesterday. Yeah, that was definitely needed. <laughs> I'm happy. So, okay, so the reason why um, I started this show was to shine light on um, people, you know, to help them build their business, to help them tell their story, to help them, um, you know, really get their story out there. In her case, she helps people put their story. She helps people through their story. She helps people through... You know, creating that journey, going back on your journey, going back forward now. And so that's why I wanted to bring her on. Um, I know a lot of people kind of see this as like a therapy thing, right? Which it is. It's very therapeutic, which we talked about yesterday. But I wanted to give you guys, I wanted to be the guinea pig for you guys. So if anybody is interested in doing something like this, instead of wondering what it is, wondering what you're going to go into, here is a live view of what she does. So if you guys are interested in afterwards... Feel free to kind of take notes. Feel free to go along with it as if you were doing the session. And if you guys are interested in it, then we'll put her information out there later. And then you guys can hit her up and go down your own journey. So before we get started, go ahead and tell a little bit about your journey, how you got to this point and um, what you're trying to do going forward. Yes, thank you. Definitely. So um, my route was a little unconventional, actually. My master's is in occupational therapy, which a lot of people know to be similar to physical therapy in a lot of settings. Um, but I actually worked in inpatient psychiatry uh, for years when I lived in Baltimore and in Seattle. And so my passion for mental health and wellness has has been a long time coming. Um, so working in those settings, I was doing groups all day, every day with adults with severe, acute mental illness. Mm. So talk about heavy, right? Um, this is someone who attempted or planned suicide, Okay. attempted or planned homicide, mm. or is unable to care for their basic needs. And that's how you're admitted to an inpatient psychiatric unit. And talk about something that has a bad rap, but is just, you see humanity at its, at its lowest, but at its best in some ways, you know, because you just kind of strip people from all the nonsense. And so uh, that's really where my love for this started. Um, I would say, though, with the severity of people's illnesses in this setting, right, the just being at rock, rock bottom, their ability to be ready for conversations about coping and conversations about um, you know, thought processes, stress management, as you can imagine, a lot of them not quite there, right. you know, because if you're feeling your absolute worst that you, uh, you know, make a serious attempt on a Monday, you're not going to pop up on Tuesday, ready to talk to Kirsten right. <laughs> about, you know, what we could do moving forward. Um, so that's really where this was born is I want to work with just the everyday average human who's still getting up out of bed, who's still functioning, but could really benefit from understanding themselves better, understanding their thought processes better. Uh, what not everybody realizes is that every single feeling we have and every single action we take starts with a thought. Mm. So if we want different feelings, if we want different actions, we got to work on those thought processes. And it's, you know, those patterns of thought that hold so much power. Definitely. It's our self-talk. It's, you know, what we think about ourselves. It's everything. So you got to start really kind of at the root. Yeah, definitely. I think that's perfect because that's the perfect place I'm at in my life. <laughs> I've been talking about it since I started the show. I've been going through this transition. You know, I've been going through a lot of things, um, you know, with my mind and going back and trying to um, going back in my past, trying to not cure, but. I guess heal myself from the things yeah. I've been through so that way going forward I don't still have these triggers I don't still have these thoughts 
I'm not still thinking a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's crazy because for somebody like me who's such an overthinker, <laughs> you and me both. Sister. I can think twenty different ways. <laughs> so one of the reasons why I really like this is because you know I personally have a lot of friends who, you know, can probably. I can probably go to and will give me the worst advice ever, right? And then I have those few select people that I know I can go to with some really deep issues and give me some really good advice, you know what I mean? Although they're not really educated in this. So sure. the one thing I really like about, you know, this aspect is that you are educated in this specific, you know, field. So things like this that I'm going through is perfect because instead of getting some friendly advice i'm getting some really educated advice you know what i mean and that makes a big difference i think in the way you think as well because if i'm thinking one way and my friend validates that you know what i mean it's like oh, sure. oh yeah you're in your right to do like nah, 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 nah. but she's not really she's biased on it then i'm gonna keep thinking that way you know what i mean so i think this is a great opportunity so anything else you want to say before we start well yeah just okay. a couple things based on what you said number one you know um venting can be great mm -hmm. a great outlet for people when you have friends family loved ones you know who are there for you and are supports i will say that you know of course those people are emotionally invested in you so they're biased right. and that's not it's that's not a good or bad thing right. you know it it's it's just a true thing mm -hmm. and so for the better and for the worse they're biased and so it is good to have a um, professional outlet because it's not just venting. A lot of people think that they're gonna come in, sit down and have to tell me their story right. from day one. <laughs> no, 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 we don't have time for this, okay? Um, what you're gonna do is you're gonna come in and I have a structure and a framework and, mm -hmm. and a guide for what this path is gonna be, you know? And so um, that is one thing I wanted to mention, even though my master's is in occupational therapy and I have a current therapy license in the state of Nevada, I'm not operating under my license um, with the coaching. Right. So licensure, uh, insurance, you know, working in healthcare, I did all that. And, you know, it's a money-making machine that dictates what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. They'll take three-fourths of your dollars. I'm just not about it anymore. Right. So doing my own thing, doing the coaching is really focusing on people here and now and where you want to go. Right. How do we take you know, your thoughts, feelings, and actions currently and get to a place where you're feeling peace. And that's actually how I came up with my um, my business name as well, Peace, peace of peace Wellness, of well. <laughs> because we're all seeking a sense, a sense of peace right. and contentment. And if I could tell you, I am a girl that had every reason to feel peace and contentment. And Kirsten was not feeling peace and contentment, okay? <laughs> so, and and that's a sign that it's all in our minds. Right. I'm the overthinker, you know, and overanalyzer. And I, I know what it's like to be in the prison of my own brain mm -hmm. because life is going to happen. You know, there are going to be tragedies and ups and downs and it's a roller coaster. But, man, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much good. And if you have your basics covered and you can pay your bills and you have a home and you have loved ones that really care about you and you're not, you're, you're not yeah, still content and exactly. have a sense of peace, then it's in our minds. So how can we, you know, look at that and work on that? Definitely. So. Definitely. So with that being said, go ahead and give a little bit of breakdown of the kind of structure yeah the structure yeah. you go over mm -hmm. so uh full disclosure uh vanessa and i met yesterday <laughs> right um just to have a session a little intro because mm -hmm. we're new to each other and um i would say that uh i just kind of wanted an idea of what we were walking in here in here f with but um so the way i start sessions is just literally to jump into the nitty-gritty of how are you thinking? How is this person thinking? What are these patterns of thoughts? And I start with cognitive distortions, which is really just a kind of fancy way of saying these are the ways that our mind filters and processes information. And it's based on our experiences. It's based on, you know, everything in our past creates this, our environment uh, parental voices in our heads are a big one um, and yes we can break away from those and yes we can be our own unique person but 
it really does often create the the foundation or the start of what those biases are so it's kind of the skewed perspectives we have if vanessa and i have an interaction and you know it goes poorly or it goes well what are the chances you and i walk away from that situation with the exact same story all right not uh, high yeah not high right <laughs> because all of your you know history and experience dictates how you feel and think about a certain situation and same for me so this is why i love the distortions is because first of all we're all guilty of them mm -hmm. uh, we all have the tendency to do certain ones more than others and the more that we understand how we're shaping our own reality rather than living in the real reality right we can make changes we can feel better and it can open this sense of peace you know definitely so um where we started yesterday <laughs> was with all or nothing thinking okay also known as black and white thinking right and i'm actually curious um between yesterday and today if you had any more kind of feelings or rev revelations about this one because this is this is one where for example um this is the the idea or thought that something is right or wrong it is good or bad it's you know everything's on the spectrum but it's living in the two ends of the spectrum rather than any of that gray in the middle and so if you feel really strongly that certain things are right and wrong and and vanessa and i talked about this we yesterday <laughs> we are very much in the gray because like i say outside of moral and ethical things mm -hmm. and some things legally there really is not a lot that's right or wrong because there's pros and cons to everything, right? Definitely. And so I'm curious about, you know, between yesterday and today, if anything else came up for you as an area of your life where you are kind of living in the black and white or all or nothing. Um, actually, you know, I think going back on it and kind of thinking about what I'm doing now for my sister and as far as like this legislation thing, like obviously there is gray area between like the punishment of these offenses, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I guess because of it's my, it was my sister yeah. who was a victim of it. My black, white, my black and white of thinking is, no, he, they need to pay for this. Yeah. They, there needs to be more severe punishment. You know what I mean? Because that is not something like you can do and just get away with. But I guess now that I think about it, it's like there is that kind of gray area where it's like, okay, but why did they do it? You know what I mean? Sure. Like what? I guess it kind of goes back to the when we were talking about the killing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like it's like killing is bad, killing is bad, and killing is bad. It's like, right. but is it? Because what kind of situation were you in to have to do that? You know what sure. I mean? So I think just thinking about that yesterday, it's like, yes, there is kind of like gray areas with that. But um, I guess right now I'm kind of set on there needs to be punishment. You sure. know what I mean? Obviously, I do kind of have a little bit of more compassion for certain cases. But at the end of the day, like if somebody is injured or passes away from it, I mean, that's for me, that's just that's a hard way of so thinking the gray. You yeah. know what I mean? It's hard for me to see the gray in that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually love that you bring that up because, you know, there are people who are so steadfast in the, you know, if drunk, drunk driving, for example, if that results in an injury or a death, then, you know, they should receive the same, if not worse punishment. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is this black and white thought of if this, then this, right. This idea. And again, this is, this, this is a, this is a heavy topic within it. Sometimes it's much more minor, right. <laughs> right. Um, but this that's just so, my deep way of thinking you know and this this is where we are this <laughs> but you do when you when you take note of how black and white that is and to know that there are so many nuances and so many situations that are different right where I know, and what little I know about you, mm -hmm. I know that a certain situation, if you heard the whole story, you would say, you know what, that person doesn't deserve the maximum right. sentence or something like that, right? And so that's the thing where on paper or at a snap judgment, a lot of times we can say this is this or that, 
and that's it. But having compassion, having um, the interest in trying not to live in these extremes because the extremes, you know, they really promote like rigidity and kind of like angst. They're angst filled in their own way, right? Yeah. And so the more we can move toward the middle of moderation, of seeing how we can, you know, kind of not not be flaky or, you know, not have a sense of self or, or values, but just understand that things are situational, yeah. you know, and it's having empathy and compassion for other people based on details and information, you yeah. know. Um, but this is a tough one. It is. It is. Because even when we were going through the, you know, the trial and stuff, it was hard for me because it was like, you know, why did he do that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, because he ran the red light and it was like, and I'll go into more details, you know, next next week. But, yeah. you know, he ended up running the red light and then grabbing a backpack and taking off. Mm. So for us, it was like, yeah, we get that people make mistakes. Maybe you didn't see the light. Maybe the sun was in your face. Maybe whatever the case is. Yeah. Yes. But then you took off. Yeah. And that's where the issue came in. Like, now you didn't even check on her. You didn't yeah. even call the cops. You didn't even, you just ran, you know? So at that point, it's like a guilty conscience. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just, that was really hard to go through all that and still have like that, okay, well, let's hear him out. You know what I mean? But at the same time, no, like my sister, will, we can't even hear my sister out no more. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to do stuff like that with me. And I think those are like the extremes of like, if I'm really digging deep, I yeah. would have to go for like more black and white things like that, that are more close to me. You know what I mean? Those are things that are more black and white. Um, I just try not to be. And I think also what made me not be so black and white is because my parents were so black and white. It That actually made me like rebel and be like, well, why are you? Why is it so black and white? Let yeah. me go venture out and see what this gray is. You know what I mean? Let me go venture into the gray and see what's so bad about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I realized it wasn't that bad. <laughs> actually, it was probably better. <laughs> I was going to say, then came the realization that this actually might be where I should live. Yeah, right? exactly. And yeah. I think that's kind of where I just became more gray instead of black and white. But yeah, definitely. I think the things that I'm black and white on are definitely things that are like very personal to yeah. me or that really hit, you know, that really make me feel a certain, certain way. You know, what's what's interesting, I see that, you know, time and time again, we have children of parents, children that are deciding they end up being very much like their parents and living out very <laughs> similar philosophies and ways of living or the exact yeah. opposite. So that would be my brother. And then that would be me. <laughs> my brother is like, follow in the footsteps. Everything my parents do. Me, yep. I'm just, whatever they do, I don't want to do. <laughs> my dad always says that. I say blue, you say red. I say right. red, you say blue. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just. And that tells us a lot. That tells <laughs> us a lot. But again, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I I want so much for people to understand when we go through these things. First of all, you have these thought processes for a reason. There's a reason you think the way you do. And there's a reason that your parents think the way that they do. Right. You know? And so understanding that just gives us so much more self-awareness and that's really what we're seeking in all of this. Yeah. We all have blind spots. We all have um, things that we aren't going to really realize until someone shows us the mirror. Mm -hmm. And usually those things irritate the crap out of us. Right. right? <laughs> but um, but that's really the beauty in this whole process is mm -hmm. it's just really a self-discovery, you know, process or system. So. Okay, so that's all or nothing. And again, we can talk about, I mean, you and we can talk about this for two hours <laughs> right. since we did yesterday. Um, but in, a, in an effort to kind of give people a little more of a taste of, you mm -hmm. know, how I work through these, um, we'll go on to the next one, which is overgeneralization. And mm. this idea is that you're making predictions based on one certain thing. So two really common ways to do this is using the word always and using the word never. So examples could be, you know, he never calls me back when he says he will. Or, you know what, my mom, she always does this. She guilts me and makes me feel like, you know, crap because I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. And while they 
Most situations may frequently happen. They may tend to happen. They may happen often. Always and never are almost never true. Right. Right. There are some exceptions. But anytime, and again, the reason this is a distortion is because anytime we live within this box and live within this belief system, it limits us, right? Because what are you going to get more riled up about? He never calls me back when he <laughs> says he will. That beep, beep, beep. <laughs> or, you know, he <laughs> seems to forget <laughs> That he has told me that he's going to call me or he, you know, tends to kind of leave me hanging or tends to forget to call me back when he says he will. I know he's busy. I know he has a lot on his mind, that kind of thing. Which of those two sentences? Yeah. One is going to get you all riled up. <laughs> right. Right. And that's the thing. This this is what I want. I, I want to be visible here is that this thought starts this domino effect of then comes a feeling or a lot of feelings, yeah. a flurry of feelings and <clears throat> actions. You know what? I'm not going to call him back ever again. Or you know what? Next time he calls me, ignore, ignore, ignore. Right? So you see how the, the words we tell ourselves, the things we tell ourselves, it starts a whole line of, of dominoes, right? For better and for worse, Definitely. once again. But our words are so powerful. Language is so powerful. People really don't think about the words they use a lot of times. And we're talking ourselves into things and we're talking ourselves out of things constantly. Yeah. So yesterday when we met, I heard a few always <laughs> from Miss Vanessa. I'm going to put this out here. I'm definitely I caught guilty. a few. <laughs> Um, but so now is the time where you can reflect, where do you have the tendency to, to do or say over generalizations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I think that's really interesting because, um, not even like really dive diving into that, mm -hmm. but you kind of just presenting it yesterday, mm -hmm. like instantly clicked in my mind and I was like, crap. <laughs> I'm guilty. Freaking Kirsten. Now I'm in my head. Now I have to give so much grace now. Now I'm, you know what I mean? Which is not a bad thing, obviously. You know what I mean? But I do. I do catch myself a lot of that a lot of times. And I'm actually really big on language as well. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of people say like, oh my God, we have to be so literal with you. And I'm like, yeah, because the way you're saying things to you may, may sound like a joke, but to me, it's, I mean, listening to the words you're saying. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the words that are coming out your mouth. And over the years, obviously, when I'm, 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 I'm a fire sign, I'm a firecracker. So am I. <laughs> See, that's how we get along. Exactly. <laughs> um, growing up, I would just pop off. You know what I mean? I was really quick to just say things. And, and then as I got older, I got a little bit more control of it. And I was like, okay, let me be very careful about the words mm -hmm. I say because I don't like being talked to like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, yeah, always and never, I think definitely come more with... Um, my parents mm -hmm. you know i guess because a lot of the things they do rub me the wrong way because it seems like a constant trend yeah um and where i should give grace is like okay but it's not always <laughs> it's not always <laughs> and then i would guess um definitely number one is relationships mm -hmm. i think that for me that's once i see a constant pattern or something to me that becomes a consistent pattern even what, though what's, it may he's not always, what's he always doing <laughs> vanessa <laughs> Oh my so gosh. many things. What is he not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think for me, for me, I've, and I realized later where this came from. I'm always seeing um, the way men look at women, mm. um, whether they're friends of mine or whether they're in. A, I'm in a relationship with them, or if I'm dating them, or like how they speak to women, how they, like how friendly they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The way they look at them, the way they are just in different environments. And obviously I, f I know exactly where that comes from, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's probably one thing that I'm always like noticing yeah. that I can say is 
I label as always happening mm-hmm. in every relationship all the time <laughs> when obviously it's not. <laughs> do these do these men you end up dating have some similar traits here, some similar characteristics? Um, do you think if they're always doing this, always doing that? No, I think I think it's more of maybe I guess maybe they're just very friendly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just they're they're all in um some kind of yeah, some, some sort kind of service. Yeah, some industry. kind of service where they have to like be cool, yeah. you know, around women stuff like that. Um but Yeah, like I guess now that I when I thought about it afterwards, it literally clicked immediately and I was like maybe it's just me. You know what I mean? I see things. You see things. But what am I really seeing? You know what I mean? And what am I really Yeah. Well, Where is that coming from? And a little bit about or a little more that we talked about yesterday was that just because you're seeing a certain thing doesn't mean that it means all the other things. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's where our thought processes. We often see that one thought mm-hmm. starts another thought that uh, starts another thought. And along with all these train like this train of thoughts comes all these feelings and they're usually negative. Right. Right. And so it is just bringing more awareness to what is that first thought and challenging it. So the whole the whole goal of of recognizing the distortions is to then dispute them and challenge them. We have to question ourselves, ourselves (laughs) every freaking minute. Yeah, we have to question because, again, our reality is skewed. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. And so we have to question ourselves. We have to question our own thoughts. We have to question our own feelings, our own actions. And when we're doing that, you can break it down and say, you know what? That first behavior that I notice isn't actually the problematic one. That one's okay. You know, say the person who's social, the person who's outgoing, that's that's neither positive nor negative. There's, right. there's both to that, right? And again, that's getting out of the black and white thinking where... Being social means he's a cheater. Being social means he's, you know, crossing the line or has poor boundaries with females or, you know, one doesn't automatically equate the other. So that's where we have to pause and say, you know what? Social in itself has pros and cons. It's neither here nor there, right? Right. The other things yeah. can be the ones that are more problematic, right? Yeah. It's the things that happen after that. Yeah. And, you know, when those are present, then, yeah, those can be problematic, right? Mm-hmm. But, again, this is challenging and disputing our own thoughts before they run rampant with our feelings and take us into a dark place where then we're kind of spiraling about, man, I always do this. This is what I always get myself into. And this is just a really negative, critical place to be. Yeah. So the reason we care about the distortions is so that we can prevent ourselves from, you know, cliff diving into that really negative place, right? Where the self-talk is just beating, beating Vanessa up and beating Kirsten up because, you know, do you... Have you ever said anything to yourself that you would never say to a friend or a family member or something? Like if, if that, do you ever have those critical oh, definitely. moments? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely. would never say that to your daughter. Yeah. Right. Definitely. And, and I think that's probably where I'm at right now is like, I'm in a very different state of mind that I've never been in since, well, let me not say never, <laughs> that I haven't been I, in. See, see? She's I'm already, already, I'm already catching she's it. A, okay, Look, she's I'm a, fast a very learner. quick learner. She's a fast learner. And that's it only takes me one time. It only takes me one time. Look, I'm a God-fearing woman, so I, it only takes me one time because I'm like, no, I don't want to. And I don't like being yelled at or in trouble. Like my dad used to yell at me and be like, but that's a Jay Aguilar. And I'd be like, just start crying immediately. And he'd be like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I don't know. You sound mad. I don't like being in trouble either. (laughs) What did I do? He's like, you didn't do nothing. I was just asking. Um, But yeah, I'm very like, yeah, I'm scared of like, I guess getting things wrong. So I'm very quick learner. Yeah. But um, (laughs) and I'm very aware too. So once you bring an awareness to me, I might snap at the moment. You know, and and be like, I'm not like that. And then think about it like, okay, I am like that. I need to stop. (laughs) Well, and one thing I want to say about you in my very short time with you, I know how intentional you are. 
you're extremely intentional, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I was really excited to do this little journey <laughs> with you because, you know, you're already, there are parts of this that you've already put into place. You already know that language is powerful. You're already aware of that, right? And everybody is kind of starting at their different place in the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. And so some people are like, dang, I never even thought about the words I said to myself, right? But you're a little further along where you're like, yeah, you know, I don't like being spoken that way. So spoken to that way. So maybe I shouldn't sp speak to others that way. Yeah. And so you are, you're already very mindful of, of a lot of these things. And then, so this is what I would consider more just like fine tuning and digging into the details, you know, and seeing where none of us are perfect. We're right. never going to be perfect. So right. how can we, you know, kind of make adjustments that will have a big impact, you know? Yeah. And just this one, I like I said, had already made an impact immediately. Like immediately the next conversation I had was so much more graceful <laughs> I believe oh. and so much more, um, I guess, beneficial yeah you know what i mean because of the way i came off the way i was talking about it the way you know what i mean so look at my star student i know right oh, i love it <laughs> cold star for yeah, me that's right I, I took the homework and i applied it that's right i uh realized i need to be carrying around gold stars you I probably just, should yeah that made me feel good just saying that you know no, i want a gold star now. i know I need, I, next time you see me i'm gonna have some of these on me um but yeah i i i really want to uh, applaud you honestly because just in our brief time like I, I really can uh, see how intentional and mindful you are and so I love that you can already see the difference between you know one session that we had yesterday and just a little bit of knowledge that's what this yeah. is is a little bit of knowledge practical application um, I never want people to come in and feel like all they've done is, you know, talk for 60 minutes, 70 minutes and leave with no direction, no sense, you know? Yeah. Um, because I am, you said you're literal. I am literal, concrete. I need homework. I need steps. Tell me what to do. Yeah. And I'll do it. Yeah. I have no problem doing it. But if I don't know what it is I'm doing, I'm, lo I'm lost. Yeah, and then I'm overthinking. And then, yeah. Exactly. We're in that rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, every after every session when I work with people, I give homework, things that they're, you know, going to be working on, be more mindful of. If if people don't have a lot of self-awareness, which you, you have more than, you know, the average person. So if people don't have a lot of self-awareness, sometimes it involves some journaling to really kind of reflect and think and um, process through you know, kind of some of these questions because they're just really not on the forefront of everyone's minds. Right. And so, you know, as practical as, as it can be, that's what I want to make it. And so, and you know, it's, it's cool you say that because when I was younger, I used to like, every time I would get mad, I think ever, ever since I was little, I never really felt like I had an outlet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like if I talked to somebody, it would be like me putting my burdens on them. Mm. So it was it's always been really hard for me to talk about like deep stuff with people. So yeah. I think just that one session, because I've been holding it in and I'm just like, somebody give me some good advice. <laughs> that little bit of advice was like, oh, OK, perfect. Let me apply that and see if it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm so determined to get to a point where I can be my best self yeah. so that I can help others. You know what I mean? Because I feel like. Like you said, it's really hard for me, especially right now, to think like the things that I'm thinking about myself that I would never think that I would think about myself ever again. And to be in that mindset, I'm like, dang, well, how am I supposed to help others thinking like this? How am I supposed to speak to others, you know, and, and you know, tell women they're beautiful and they're yeah. amazing and don't be in and when, when I'm it. thinking that myself, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, I think that that that's why. I'm so, I guess, intentional about it. Yeah. But the journaling you were talking about, when I was younger, I used to get so mad that I would write exactly how I was feeling. Like if I was mad at my dad, I would write a letter to my dad and tell him exactly how I felt and everything. And then I would chill for a while and then I would calm down. And when I felt like I was calm, I would go back and read it. And I'd be like, I sound ridiculous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the one thing I learned about journaling is like when I have... When I'm in the moment of thinking and feeling and I write it down and then I go back later and read it, I'm like, why was I thinking like that? You know what I mean? Like, why did that let me like, I don't think like that. I don't. That's not what I feel about myself. That's not how I feel about this person. Why did I? But it's just like in the moment. It's in the moment. And that's when I started realizing not to 
react in the moment. You know what I mean? Because if I go back and I think about it, yes, I'm probably mad at the moment, but if I go back and think about it, I'm probably like, okay, I wasn't that mad, but but you did make me mad. Of but course. I, it, you didn't deserve all that. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so the, the beauty of what you just said is you just put out two more distortions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is amazing. You would think that, like, I was feeding this to her, guys, but I'm not. <laughs> this is just organic. And this is the beauty of these things is right. we all are guilty of the distortions. Every single human walking on Earth. And so when you can tune in, you, man, you start catching them and it's like it's such a great, it's a great moment. <laughs> just because you know like once I bring awareness of these to you you're just gonna you're gonna soar with them but I do want to just make a quick note about you know being angry being mad being upset this is also not to say that we're never gonna feel right. negative things again oh no and, I've been there <laughs> oh right and you know being mad and being angry and that kind of thing it, you know our our emotions are messengers they're telling us things and again this is this is a tough one for people sometimes too is they they aren't good or bad in right. themselves they are both and neither and all of the above because anger itself is not the problem it's the actions we take when we're angry that can be problematic right so we don't want to squash anger we don't want to squash sadness we don't want to squash um these very natural human emotions they are telling us that something is off awry or whatever and it's life you yeah. know like <laughs> man i'm a crybaby i i don't know if you cry very easily I, uh it depends on where i'm at <laughs> depends on the situation yeah i am such a crier and i kind of hate that about myself because it's it it takes a lot out of me and it's emotionally draining and all these things right but to think that I am going to somehow erase sadness or erase being touched by, you know, people's stories and things like that. I think our blessings are also our curses. I am blessed to care very easily about other people, but that means I'm crying in almost every session, Vanessa. <laughs> like, you know, this is this is the good, the bad, the ugly. This is the blessing and the curse. And so I do just want to say, like, you know, the anger itself, the frustration, the, the irritability, these kinds of things when when are irritated when I'm feeling these things. Yes. Do I wish I wasn't sometimes? Sure. But it's unrealistic to think that we're going to be rid of those forever. You know, right. like it's OK to be these things. But then what's the action that we're taking? Right. OK. So then back to the distortions. <laughs> First one. Uh -huh. is I felt like I was a burden or that I would be a burden. So burden is a label. Another mm -hmm. distortion, distortion is labeling mm -hmm. and mislabeling, right? And so anytime I make a mistake, oh man, I'm such an idiot or, you know, look at that loser over there not doing anything with his life or whatever, right? That's a label that puts me in a box, puts you in a box, puts anybody in a box, right? And anytime we're constricted and restrained to that box, we're not, you know, allowing ourselves to be what we're capable of. Yeah. Definitely. And the perfect example is that you didn't want to talk to people or you didn't seek out people to talk to because you felt it would be burdensome, right? right. So that label to you, like how heavy does that feel? Very and especially little Vanessa thinking she's going to be a, yeah. a burden. That's heavy. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's what's sad is you, it, when we if we have the tendency to label ourselves, especially. Imagine the the very subtle damage I'm doing to myself every day if I'm telling myself I'm an idiot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Or a dummy. Yeah. Or whatever. Or if somebody's telling you that. Yeah. Well, we know, it, and the thing is, is we know the damage that it does for someone else to tell us that, right? But why, why are we not thinking about the damage it does to be doing that to ourselves, right? Right. So I'm kind of springing this one on you. You didn't know this one. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> right? So is there is there any other like labeling or words that you've applied to yourself that you kind of have a tendency to say or like a go-to and... 
have you still felt that way as an adult being worried that you would be a burden or is that something that you know has kind of passed since you were younger no that's why I'm here talking to you because <laughs> I so have you can so be many my burden yeah no, yeah exactly I'm so. giving you I'm giving you right. all you're about I, to I I'm about to it. burden you I can take it you know if you if think back to yesterday did you get any inkling leaving me after two entire hours that you had burdened me no not at all that's right not at all so is it even possible that you could be a burden yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> your your distorted thought wants to say, yeah. "Yeah, I could probably be a burden." But y- yeah. And I and I think it's more like and it's crazy because I'm like that with other people. I'm like, "No, it's fine. Give you, it to me. Give give me whatever you I have. Give that. it to me." You know what I mean? And I'll I'll handle that for you. You know what I mean? I believe that. But I'm not very quick at all. If if any none to give that to somebody else. I believe that. Yeah. And and I think because I feel like they wouldn't really understand my point of view or they really wouldn't understand without knowing the whole story. So it's kind of, for me, it's like, well, if you want to know, I got to give you the whole breakdown. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't feel like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just a very independent to myself type of person. You know what I mean? The things that do seep out <laughs> are the things people see. You know what I mean? Like on Instagram or social media. But that's not even close to like the things that I really go through every day. You oh, know? no. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, then that that leads me to ask humans. Humans, we're social creatures. We we do well with other humans. Right. And, you know, connection is such a beautiful thing when we have it. And mm-hmm. one thing I've learned having moved to different places um, volitionally as a, as an adult is you never know where that connection is going to come from. I have connected with, you know, young kids, little old people, like people from completely different walks of life or backgrounds as me. And I can connect with them better than someone in Nebraska, you know, same background, (laughs) same story. right? Right. And I do have to say a little shout out to Nebraska. People are very nice and <laughs> I miss them very much, the sincerity. But, um, but you know, my point just being that connection, we never know where it's going to come from. And if you are closed to that because you feel like you are a burden, imagine what you could be missing out on, you know, and the support and the, the love, yeah, right, yeah. that Vanessa deserves that is a little thwarted by, you know, this, again, mindset that, well, they're never going to really get it unless I told them, tell them A through Z. Right. (laughs) It takes too long. It's too much, you know? And in contrast, is that something you ever even think about when someone comes to you and wants to tell you their story or, you know, um, no, not at all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I maybe in my whole entire lifetime, I've maybe came around, came across maybe one or two people that really know, like I've really been extra Candid vulnerable with. with. Yeah. 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 Um, but because of the situations with those people, like I, in the situations I'm in now, I can't really, you know, I can't have that as an outlet. Yeah. And just out of respect. So I kind of have to like find a new outlet. Now. So I think that's where I'm kind of getting more into the, you know what, let me stop using these people as outlets and really find like i don't say professional help because it sounds yeah <laughs> you know it, it I mean? sounds kind of daunting but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know but professional help yeah. <laughs> in a good way <laughs> i'm trying to think of another word for it but you know yeah a more educated outlook yeah. a more educated outlet <laughs> yeah exactly and that's what <laughs> or we talked beneficial outlet. yeah yeah and that's what we talked a little bit about yesterday is this is just an outlet yeah. you know and a lot of people even if you have wonderful people in your life they will always be a biased outlet because we're biased. Everyone's biased, you know? And when you're emotionally invested in someone or something, you're biased, right? So that's the thing is that this is an outlet. And, you know, of course, we talked about this a little bit too, is, you know, there's taboo around it and there's um, a lot of preconceived notions like that you have to be depressed, that you have Mm -hmm. to have problems that you have to need help like all these really strong these are distortions too (laughs) if you want to talk about distortions but you know um but no it's it's truly just someone who wants to grow feel better 
feel more peace, more contentment, you know, and, and evolve. And if that's what you're, you know, looking to do, then, then this is a great outlet for you. Um, and I think I led us on to a little bit of a tangent there, but just to get back to the labeling, as far as burden, or we know burden, but is there another, any other label, like any other self-talk you have where you're calling yourself a certain label? Does Definitely. anything come to mind? Tomboy. Oh, okay. I think because I was labeled that as a child. Yeah. Because I was in sports. I got more, I got along with boys. Yeah. I didn't really, I, I interacted with girls. I interact sure. with girls all the time. I just more hung out with the guys and sure. I felt more comfortable around them because I have an older brother. I think I just kind of learned the boyish ways. Yeah. I didn't, I never had an older sister or an older cousin or somebody who like was girly. Yeah. So I, I naturally, you know, became more boyish. So I was always labeled as a tomboy. Mm. And then um, my dad used to always say that, you know, like, no, you got to learn how to do this and this because I don't ever want you to have to depend on a man for anything. So I would learn a lot of guy things. Yeah. I was very into sports. I was very into football. I was very into a lot of a guy things. So growing up um, into middle school, I would be like, you know, I like the boys and I'd be like, hey, you know, I like you. Let's, you know, whatever. Like, oh, you're just a homie, V. You're just mm -hmm. a homie. Yeah. So then going into high school, I went to a completely different high school and I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to be a girl this time cuz I'm trying to get a boyfriend, you know what I mean? Like I'm she not trying reinvented to reinvent herself. Yeah, so I reinvented myself. I started wearing makeup, I wore those little platform shoes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like trying to look all nice and stuff and it it just didn't feel like myself. So then yeah. I just kind of went back to my normal self. Finally got with a boyfriend and finally got my first boyfriend and and then it just kind of went from there, but I think even it came back again even when I came to Vegas and being in the industry that I'm in and just the type of look you know what I mean? That oh, sure. is that is needed or that's, you know what I mean? That's supposed to be, I guess, of a female DJ. Yeah. That's definitely came back around to me to where I try not to be very tomboyish. And even if somebody uses that word like, oh, you're so tomboy. To me, it's immediately like, crap, I'm not being girly enough. Like, yeah. I need to be more feminine. I need to be more. And in, definitely in relationships, I try not to be tomboyish mm. at all, which is weird because I think the trend of a lot of my exes or the, a lot of relationships was that I was a tomboy. That's why they liked me because yeah. I wasn't so girly. And they liked more of like the, you know, best friend type of vibe. And I think that's the one thing I really put on myself even till this day is like, well, I'm just a tomboy. Like, that's just how I am, you know? And it's like that makes me feel very masculine or oh well, you're very masculine you have such masculine features and masculine this so that tomboy just is always in my head like am i feminine enough am i not being feminine enough am i being too boyish is so that's definitely something that's that is such a good example because uh, once again when you're putting yourself w when we label we put ourselves in a box and inside that box well it, it's it's tight and it's restrictive and it's constrained. Yeah. Why can't a tomboy wear makeup? Yeah. Why can't a tomboy wear heels, right? Yeah. When when we think about what it does where again, you're it's it feels critical. It feels kind of negative because you're like, "Oh man, I should be I should be which this is this is another, another one." <laughs> God, I know this if, is this if we, is the beauty of it. If this. we had a bell every time I label, and <laughs> this would be going off. <laughs> um, which we'll get to that one, but um, when you know when we when we do that labeling, it just you see. And when I when I explain this to you, right now you see why it's it's negative and it's limiting because the other thing about it actually goes back to being a black and white thought. Because it's like, if I'm a tomboy, then I can't be this. Yeah. Tomboy is this, not this, right? So it's a either or, black or white. But why can't two things be true at the same time? Why can't Vanessa be a tomboy who likes to dress up sometimes, who likes to wear makeup sometimes, who like, you know? Yeah. And why can't the, 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 these aren't mutually exclusive, right? And so... These two are kind of tied together. It's a label and it's a black and white thought where we have to tease it out. So what's the dispute? Sure, Vanessa likes, you know, maybe sports or dressing a type of way, you know, that feels tomboyish, etc. right? But what else does she like? What else does she do that's on the other end of the spectrum, right? Right. Because I see you in makeup right now, yeah. right? <laughs> and do you like makeup? No. No. Okay. So it's like you feel like you have to wear it. 
only if I'm on camera on stage because growing up because I was a dancer and I was oh, a, sure. a, in company dance that's required yeah. anytime you do a show you have to wear even at five years old we wore makeup I remember yeah I was a dancer back yeah. in my day <laughs> way back when yeah so if just being in the entertainment industry my whole life I on stage I do wear makeup um my later years like after I had my daughter I, I'm more like if I don't have to, I'm not on camera, I'm not on stage, I don't wear makeup right. at all. Well, and uh, side note, isn't it a little scary that we're putting all this makeup on like five-year-old girls? Like yeah. it kind of alarms me now, but that's a side note. That's for another, <laughs> that's for another podcast. Right. Um, but, okay, do you like wearing jewelry? Yes. That's okay. the one thing I do. Like yeah. I can't leave my house without a necklace or earrings because I feel... Maybe I feel girly when I wear ne earrings and necklace. Right. So that makes me feel like at least I have that. And and that's really what I'm trying to get at is that you can be all of these things and it can be unique to you, you yeah. know, like, again, when we when we use the labels, we're we're criticizing ourselves, you know, and what good does that do? Yeah. What good does it do? So the more we can tease these out, dispute them, challenge them, you know what? Like, I like things that guys like. I relate well to guys, but you know what? I do have a good girlfriend. I do like to wear jewelry. I do. You can be all of these things, you know? Yeah. And that's where the labeling can kind of get us into trouble. Yeah, I think the same, another term that I get a lot from women yeah. is alpha female. And that's kind of the same thing. Like, I can be around a group of women, they'd be like, oh, we know who the alpha female is, or we know, and they'll point it out, you yeah. know, and it's like, wait, hold on, like, <laughs> I'm just like one of y'all, what do you mean? But I guess I just have a strong nature that comes off like that, and around more, I guess, more feminine women, Yeah, they feel that, you know what I mean? It's some kind of, like again masculine energy that i put off and but you know and and i hear you you know but i if you asked me is vanessa feminine i would say absolutely a thousand percent so you know i think it is also to the people we're around the messages yeah. their limiting beliefs too and you know of course i don't practice putting people in boxes right. i practice undoing boxes so it it is interesting of course with other people of course, they're going to label us. Of course, they're labeling themselves like they're within their own limiting beliefs. So, of course, they're going to limit others, you know. But it, it's one of those things where once you once you kind of break out of that, yeah, it's like I would never say you were masculine. I, of course, do you have a masculine energy as well as a feminine energy? Yes. But, you know, we all have both in right. certain ways, you know. And so, yeah, I, I get it. But we can't live up to other people's labels either. Yeah. You know? And I think that, that yeah, that's just probably, now that I'm talking about it, that, that's a big thing for me. Especially, yeah. like, being around certain DJs or having to wear certain things and stuff like that. It's like, I don't compare myself to other DJs because I'm like, oh, that's not me. Like, you got those sexy DJs who, you know what I mean? Who, that's not my lane. That's My not, lane's over here. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think that's, I, I do a lot of comparison, you know what I mean? Or... When I am in relationships and I see the type of women that these guys are looking at, it's like, well, I'm not that. So why are you with me? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that feminine. I'm not that girly. I'm not that. You know what I mean? I'm like this. So, you know what I mean? And I think that's just a lot of comparison of of me battling with am I too tomboyish? Well, and I was going to say, too, unfortunately, the entertainment industry is very skewed. I mean, we just have to take a minute to acknowledge <laughs> yeah. that trying to be any one thing in entertainment is setting ourselves up for misery yeah. in itself, right? Because there are things that are good or perfect or, you know, accepted or anything like that. And it's a recipe for misery and beating ourselves up and et cetera, right? Yeah. And so one... You have to acknowledge that the entertainment industry is its own reality by its own rules. They do not 
give a shit about <laughs> distortions right. or reality. But when you can acknowledge that's not reality either, yeah. you yeah. know, and I can place myself in that because I love what I do. I know you love your DJing, right? Yeah. We talked about this a little bit. It's where you feel present. It's where you feel your best. And how amazing is it that you can feel present and feel your best in an industry that doesn't celebrate every woman that doesn't celebrate every man right that that is an amazing thing but to call attention to it and to know that that's not reality that can at least help you know you're stepping into this and it has its own set of rules but it's not my everyday it's not my reality right and so then it's hard because you might have to operate by a certain set of distortions to make things happen in that world right but then you have to go back to your real life and mm-hmm. to your relationships and say, that's not this. And how can I be better and more present and happier with myself in this? You yeah. know, where do I find the peace and contentment within this? Because again, my thoughts are wanting to convince me that I'm not good enough or I'm not right because I'm not that. But who says that's it? Right. You know? Yeah. My mind. Exactly. All of our minds. Nobody but my mind. All of our minds. Vanessa's mind is ruling all of us. No. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know? And I can you know, I've we we could talk about this literally for hours. And I do wanna say, you know, we go into more depth with, with these things and mm-hmm. kind of tease out, you know, what these what these overgeneralizations are, what these labels are. Um you, we, I did briefly mention the should statements, so that's what we would work on in the next session, right? Um, as well as emotional reasoning, re- reasoning which is um, what you kind of gave a, a little indication of when you were talking about writing out how mad you were. So those are other distortions that we kind of just work our work our way along. Um, but then your homework, right, between this session and the next, if this was the way we were doing this, is that you start noticing these, you start paying attention to these and catching what I say, catch your distortions, right? And then work on disputing them. How do I do that? I provide evidence that those aren't reality. So what's the evidence that Vanessa isn't just a tomboy? She likes earrings, okay? She likes necklaces. She feels like you, right? She loves to dance. And again, it's also realizing that it isn't this black and white. Yeah. Like, what is feminine or masculine? Is dancing feminine or masculine? Right. <laughs> it's both, you know? Yeah. And is is DJing feminine or masculine? Is music feminine? You know, like, you love all these things? I don't know what they are because I think they can be both. So, again, it's, it's breaking out of these labels, breaking out of these preconceived notions um, and challenging ourselves to think differently yeah so yeah I mean like I said after the first session I was already like oh crap now I gotta change now I gotta do this now I gotta do that and and it's not a bad thing you know it's just sometimes you know when you're told about or when you're brought awareness to something that you're doing sometimes it kind of sucks you know what I mean because you have to kind of beat yourself up about it first and then be like okay let me um let me decide if I do want to change this or not. Or, you know what? Forget Kristen. She don't know what she's talking about. I'm going to be me anyway. <laughs> Everything she said resonates, but I don't care. But I don't care. I, I don't care. She makes sense, but I'm not going to listen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You wouldn't be the first. Right. You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> no, I mean, like you said, I'm very intentional about this. And, you know, I do want to grow and I do want to learn and I do want to understand better. You know what I mean? And like I said, the tomboy thing, I was set on. You know what I mean? I'm set on it and it is what it is, but... Now that's bringing to my attention, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I should kind of go away from that and start thinking a little bit different. You know what I mean? And then that's where the process starts. Exactly. And um, yeah, so I really hope that, you know, in closing of all this, you know what I mean? That you guys really get an understanding of like what it is. You know what I mean? And it's not like you see in the movies where, you know, you have an old lady with glasses who sits down with a notebook and is like, so how does that make you feel? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot of things. Or you sit on a couch and have to, you know, and I think that's a lot of, um, um, Hollywood way of thinking because that's when you're not exposed to something you can only go off based off your exposure to it you know what I mean and if it's all you see in TVs and movies that's what you're going to think it is 
So I was re- I was personally really happy that it went so well and that it was such a I just when I described it it was like yeah I feel like I just you know went to go have coffee with a homegirl and we just started talking about things but she was so educated in what I was talking about she was able to give good advice that's how I kind of saw it you know yeah. what I mean I didn't see it like a you know coach student or like a you know what I mean it was very vibey very cool very lighthearted very comfortable you know what I mean so um, I highly suggest. As you guys can see, it's working for me, you know, and some people might think I'm hard headed. Some people might think I'm so and so, you know, but no, I mean, I'm very open to it. And I I just hope that you guys give it a chance, if not to think of it as therapy, but just as, you know, educational advice, you know, just a different perspective of looking at things. Sometimes your homegirl, your homeboys or your cousins or your brothers or your dad's perspective is not necessarily a logical one. It's their logic. You know what I mean? And um, I just think you guys should search out somebody that you feel comfortable with that is educated in these type of things that can help you out and um everybody should do at least one just to see how it is you know what i mean so if you want to give out your information where they can find you the type of things you do and then i really hope somebody uses this if not with you then at least in their life because everybody needs to be more aware everybody needs to be more understanding everybody needs to be more um at peace and I think that's the biggest thing nowadays is everybody wants peace, but nobody has the tools to get there. You know what I mean? So exactly. if you have the tools, tell them where to find it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. I love I love your summary there. And I just wanted to add that, like you said, it doesn't have to be this big, heavy, daunting thing. And what I think is amazing is that both yesterday and today, you described it as light and lighthearted. When we talked about heavy stuff. That's the thing, yeah. you know, like, so it's, it, it can still be light and feel good. Um, th- this process. So that's all I wanted to say, but, and I didn't cry not once yesterday <laughs> or today. And that's crazy because I do like when I talk about these things, I get really emotional. That's when I do get really emotional yeah. because these are the things that are like really deep inside me, you know? So surprisingly, I didn't get emotional yesterday or today. So I think for me, that's the lightheartedness that I feel. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm like you feel sorry for me. I feel like it's more of like I'm trying to give you as much information as I can so that you can help me with it or help me understand it. Exactly. I don't feel like it's like a sad thing, you know? Yeah. So. And that's and so many people, I think, shy away from this process because they're like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go in there and start from freaking <laughs> 35 years ago from A to Z. And that's just that's not it. We start with where you are today and we build on that, you know. And so um, I just I love that that it's been such a good experience for you. And this is what I love to do. This is what I'm passionate about. I would love to work with anyone watching this. Um, my business is Peace of Wellness. Uh, you can find me, my Instagram's on there. Um, my website is also on there and, uh, please reach out. Um, do you, do people give their uh, work number? Um, we could throw it in like the, if you want to, or we can throw it like in the captions. Yeah. 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 But also the workshops you do as well. And so how Vanessa and I even got connected is I had a workshop in January on healthy boundaries. And um, seeing how those, the boundaries that we hold and keep with our loved ones in our work lives, they really impact our mental health. And it was just really good food for thought. I mean, I think, right? Yeah, no, it was. Because I was actually working on my boundaries. So in order to like be at a place where I was working on setting my boundaries, but not knowing what limits or what I was doing too much of, I was being too loose, too rigid, whatever. That was like perfect. It was like, so shout out to Dorian. Yeah. for putting us on that's for right. making this happen because that was a really cool workshop just for me to be like you know what maybe i am interested in going further in this yeah and that's why i do the workshops just to kind of give people a feel for who i am and how i do things and bring i am just so all about bringing knowledge and education to people but allowing them to share and discuss and it's just really such an amazing experience when it's like a small group and you know, you're learning and hearing from others too. So yes, did that workshop um, in January, did another one actually this week, this last Monday. Um, I'll be doing another one here probably within the next month. But yeah, I I like to do the workshops just to kind of get a a little snippet out to people where they can be working on different things. So um, I also do the one-on-one sessions, which Vanessa and I did yesterday. And um, 
those I'd love if you would reach out. I'd love to give you more information about those too. So I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah, so am Thankful I. that Vanessa <laughs> just wanted to rip this band-aid <laughs> off and give this process a try because it's not as scary as it feels. Right. That's another distorted thought that this is going to be scary and that, you know, someone might feel bad for me or pity me or, you know, there's there's so many negative thoughts that go along with this. But it is really like such a beautiful process, you know? Definitely. So, you know, I took the risk for y'all. You're welcome. I sacrificed. I was big, big guinea pig. <laughs> but um, just so you guys can see a taste of it, you know what I mean? Take take the risk. Call, you know, reach out to a professional, you know, that's really educated in it. Get the advice. Just try one session. It doesn't hurt to try, you know? My, one of my biggest things is don't knock it till you tried it, you know? And you have no idea how far this can help and how much better this can help. And then once you start helping yourself, then you can help others, you know? So, and then we break that trend of bad advice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I highly suggest you guys uh, look her up, um, go try her workshops, um, try the one-on-ones, whatever you can. And um, yeah, start slow. It takes one day at a time. And I hope you guys can benefit off this or just took some notes and heard some of the things she said about my own things and can apply it to yourself as well if not and once again next week um i will be doing a very special birthday um episode for my sister who passed away five years ago so tune in for that once again thank you so much for coming thank you for your time and i will see you guys next week see you thank you guys so much i can go have to sweat off my head (laughs) 